Here we go. Why are you looking at me like that? I just I just know how you should start the show. Which is how? <laughs> the picks champ. No, you're not the picks champ. I was down by like seven at one point. I came roaring back and then literally eight weeks. Listen, there's a rundown to the helipod. We're not getting to the picks yet. Why do you have to come out of the gate with well, the picks? Because it was, it was a hot week for me. It was a good week for it, you. It was, I was hot. We'll get New to, hotness. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, first, we have to talk about our presenting sponsor, Viore, only the finest athleisure wear on the planet. MJD's rocking it today. I got the, my Viore sweatshirt as it's getting a little chillier here in Southern California. Get out of here. It's not too cold. Stop it. It was 60 degrees when I went for my walk yesterday morning. Oh, yeah. 60 degrees. Whoa. It was, a, it was a little crisp, but it wasn't bad. Right. I, it it kind of wakes me up in the morning. Actually. It does. And the good news is that uh, whether it's warm weather, whether it's cold weather, if you're at the ocean or you're in the yoga studio or you're going skiing, you can wear Viore. And I have the long, the long sleeve one for when I snowboard now. It's going to be nice. You're a snowboarder? I am a snowboarder. Interesting. Check out my IG. Reggie Bush snowboards too. I wonder who's faster downhill. He he actually commented and tried to like challenge me, but I, I told him if, if he would like to get embarrassed in front of all his his compadres on uh, social media, I'm more than happy to show him how dope I am actually. Because I can, I can do regular or goofy. That's how athletic I am. Well, on a snowboard, you have to be able to do regular and goofy. No, not really. Sure you do because you're flipping around all the time. No, no you're not. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. My kid snowboards. Yeah, but that, that means that he's if he's flipping around all he doesn't know what he's doing. No, he's good. Dude, if he hears this, if he hears you say that, he will challenge you. Forget about Reggie Bush. Dan, listen. I would love to see that, I'm not, by I'm the not, way. Listen, where, where's, there it is. I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Make How sure does our know. Viore commercial turn into a snowboard conversation about because MJD? Because I'm going to wear it as I'm shredding down this hill on your son and Reggie Bush if they both want some. Right. And Viore. And it could be a commercial. It, well, it, this is a commercial because I'm about to throw out vioriclothing.com slash helipod for 20% off today. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash helipod. 20% off your first order today. That's the best commercial Viori's ever had. Are you ready to go? I'm about to sneeze, but yeah. All right. The uh, helipod presented by Viori with MJD starts right now. Are you ready uh, for Scotty Miller coming up a little bit later in the show? Yeah, I can't wait, man. I can't wait to hear how, you know, he and Tom Brady kind of got this thing going on. Yeah. And how all that came together. It was a little term. It was a little turmoil early on. Took a we, minute. We, yeah, it took a minute. But now it seems like they're rolling, and and they're, and they're scary too. And, and now that, that defense is good. Defense is good, and ABs in house. So we'll be talking to Scotty Miller in just a minute. Okay, let's uh, let's get right to this. A trade deadline coming up next week. The Bengals traded Carlos Dunlap to Seattle, um, which apparently you kind of knew about ahead of time. Oh uh, yeah, one of my boys, Lachey Doosable, uh, You know, he's he's getting into the media aspect of it, and he dropped this news yesterday. He also dropped that the Dolphins are listening to to trade uh, requests for Xavier Howard, which is crazy. He's balling right now, but. I guess he has a, a price tag. But you, you know what the best thing about the 2020 uh, football season is? Teams that are really bad, like the Dallas Cowboys and some of these teams that just aren't doing well, the NFC East as a whole, if they don't feel that they can win, they literally are going to start trading guys away to contenders. I mean, Seattle's been looking for a pass rush for I don't know how long, a pass rusher. You get Carlos Dunlap, who has 90 sacks, over 90 sacks in his career. That's crazy. Been with the uh, Bengals for 11 years, of course, uh, former Pro Bowler. And then you have the Cowboys trade Everson Griffin to Detroit for a conditional sixth-round pick. And 
And Albert Breer reporting yesterday that the Patriots could be looking to move Stefan Gilmore. Of course, Bill Belichick says, I don't know where that's come from, but was what all head coaches say. That's not unique to Belichick. But if you think about where the Patriots are right now, trading away that piece, it, I don't know what you'd have to get back. He's 30 years old. He's one of the top two or three corners in football. You'd want to get a first-round pick. Could you get a first-round pick for Gilmore? And if if not, would you trade him for a second? Uh, I think you would pr- it'd probably be like a second and a five. A two and a five is what you'll get for him, maybe. Um, or maybe a, a younger piece coming back for a team that's a contender, right? That's just looking, that thinks this is the year that they're going to make that jump. Um, you kind of saw that with, with the, the the Los Angeles Rams and the Baltimore Ravens when they traded uh, Marcus Peters, right? They traded Marcus yeah. Peters over there. They got back Kenny Young. And a pick. First round pick, though. Mm, I don't think it was a first round pick for Marcus Peters. Oh, um, Jalen, I'm sorry. Jalen Ramsey, traded, yes, they traded bad. two right. first round picks to get right. Jalen Ramsey. But when, you, when you're trading for like an older player, per se, they're going to send a, a younger player and a pick with it, yeah. I think. But, you know, and, and I think Bill Belichick is starting to see the writing on the wall. Um, they're not the team that they thought they were. COVID, it really like wiped their defense out pretty much. They got a lot of guys, young guys playing. Cam has been struggling a lot. Um, and, and so it's, it's kind of like, all right, like, where are we going to be? Are we going to do the old Spurs, San Antonio Spurs, where uh, we're going to tank for uh, Tim Duncan and then we'll just be a dynasty for the There's next no 30 years? There's no way that they do a hardcore tank, but here's Why the not? thing. At, at two and four, the Bills lead the division at five and two. You're, you also have the Jets and, and Dolphins there, obviously. At two and four, are you ready to just pack it in and give up? Because you trade Stephon Gilmore, you're giving up. No, no question. I mean, I, I think, again, it just – I'm not in that building, so I don't know. But I, what, the way I saw them play against the Niners, it was uninspiring. I think their players, like Matthew Slater came out and said it, one of my old college teammates. Uh, Cam Newton was like, I need to be better. Like, it's no one else. I just wasn't prepared. Like, they were. that's not the team that we saw play Seattle in week two, right? So we need to figure out a way to either try to get back to that or it's time to start shipping guys out of here and get younger and, and, and prepare for the future. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because Bill Belichick, one of the smartest coaches in sports history, and I think he knows. Listen, they're they're not going to they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. They're probably not going to win the division this year. So if you're him and the level and the bar that they've set for themselves, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe you just say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna try to win as many games as we can, but we're also gonna try to collect as much draft collateral and young players. Can as we, we can, can we process. answer the, the 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 old age question? Is it the player or the coach? The age old question. The age old. It could be an old, old age, age too. It is the same difference. It's like the chicken or the egg. But um, <laughs> you don't say the egg or the chicken. You say the chicken or the egg. Yeah, whatever, however it may go. Is it the player or the coach, <laughs> Dan? In terms of what, in, who's more most important? In football, I think the the coach in football is more important than the coach in any other sport. No, I'm saying is the coach more important than the player? Because right now Tom Brady is balling, and all that was like was it was New England? Was it Bill Belichick? Was getting all this crap? Remember that was a question everyone was talking about. Is it Bill or is it Tom? And early on, early in the season, it was like, oh, it's Bill. You see Tom struggling. Blah. blah. Now all of a sudden, the tables are starting to turn a little bit. Well, and Bill mean, Belichick, have you ever seen a team run like the Niners ran? On on the Patriots, you ever seen a team run like that on them? Oh, that was they ran for 197 yards. That's crazy, right? It's nutty. And so it comes down. It's the players. You have to have good players. I keep telling people this. This is. It doesn't matter who you are as a coach. I've coached before, and it sucks. We don't have good players. 
When you have great players, you can call whatever you want. You can call the worst play, and they'll they'll execute it, and it'll work. Patriots are two and four. What would their record be with with Tom Brady? <laughs> four and two. They may be. They may. They wouldn't lose to the Broncos. Nope. Who else? No, they, they, they lost beat, to the Seahawks. There was a close they, game. But that, yeah, they probably would have beat the Seahawks. Hmm. But that was that was the game. That Cam was the game off. on the quarterback sneak, though. Yeah. Cam had a good game that game. Uh, the Chiefs beat them 26-10. I don't know how different their record would be. Maybe one more win. Oh, the Chiefs, they would have beat the Chiefs for sure that game. Remember? The the Patriots had them, like, they played great defense against them. Chiefs were struggling. Patrick Mahomes wasn't doing much until, like, the fourth quarter. Tom would have had them rolling. They would have been up way more points than what they were. Because remember, that was a Jared Stidham, yeah, that's true. Brian Hoyer game. All right. So so maybe four and two, maybe three and three. Maybe they'd five be, and one. Yeah, they'd be a little better. They'd be a little better. Let me ask you this. Um, Des Bryant. Sign of the Ravens love practice it. squad. I love it too. Love it. Thirty-one years old hasn't played a game. Don't care about none of that since 2017. What does that mean to me? Well, let me tell you what it means to you. Rob Gronkowski looked like a shell of his former self for the first three or four games this well, year. That's why. That's why you put him on practice squad. Okay. So how long until he can contribute to that team? Maybe two or three weeks. But this is the thing. If you're if you're the Baltimore Ravens, okay. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, you're looking at. I get three weeks or a month with them, just learning our system, practicing with our guys, and then we can unleash them in December. A fresh Des Bryant, a guy who's hungry, hasn't played. And it's not like he's a burner. We need we need a big body guy that breaks tackles. Des Bryant is a catch and run guy. He I wouldn't even call him a route runner. Because remember, he was having he ran terrible routes. He was a guy you throw a slant to, he'll break a couple tackles, and he'll get you Pazard, maybe take it to the house. Or he's a jump ball guy, he'll go up and get it. He's a physical receiver and then he run blocks too so you're looking what you want and what baltimore and which i don't know why it took them so long to do this but i understand because of the covid situation where you can put vets on your practice squad because of like all that's going on it's a terrific move because now guess what i have another weapon that my quarterback all he can do is throw a slant to him and he'll get me eight or nine maybe ten yards uh, on a slant because he's stronger and bigger than most of these dudes we're going against after hollywood brown and mark andrews their next two leading receivers. You know who they are? I'll tell you. Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin. I was going to say, yeah, Boykin is like, they wanted Boykin to be Des Bryant. He just doesn't have that mentality. They only have 11 catches. So I think you're 100% right. I think he's going to be a tremendous addition to the team. Now, I don't know at what point he's going to be able to actually add value, but it's going to be before the end of the regular oh, yeah, season. No question. You have to remember, Baltimore is playing. They're looking at, okay, we got dominated by the Kansas City Chiefs. Because we didn't run the ball and we didn't have a guy that can get open versus press coverage. We gotta we have to have those. All right. You can their running game is getting better. Lamar is breaking all longer runs the last couple of weeks. Then we go get a receiver that can make those combat catches or those contested catches mm-hmm. consistently. That's what you want. And yeah. and for me, again, like I said, I just don't know what it took so long to get him in the in the building. Well, they brought it was the second time he worked out. So that's that is a good question. I don't, I don't know why it took but, so long either. But he's in the building now, and for me. That's a match made in heaven because it's the culture of the the Baltimore Ravens. Like Earl Thomas went against that culture. I don't care if I paid you how much I have to pay you this year. You got to go. Our culture is important. They trade for Yannick Ngakwe. They're trying to win now. And so they're putting pieces together to win today. Not next week, not tomorrow, but right now. And I think adding Des Bryant is going to help them in the long run because you give them – see, what people don't understand with the practice squad, and I want to give our fans some insight here – the practice squad normally when I was playing was like guys that you were like grooming to be better and do some different things. It's different and this year. This year is completely different. The practice squad is literally like reserve players. 
like in hockey when guys slide off the ice and then the reserves hop in. Like that's what the practice squad is now. You can have vets on there. My boy TJ Ward is with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you can have vets on there and get them up to speed practice wise and keep them on the practice squad and pay them and then activate them when you want to and then put them down if you want to. It, it used to be, and it will go back to being the practice squad is generally for guys with you know, two to three years of service time. If you've been a starter in the NFL, generally uh, you're not going to be on the practice squad. Different this year because they've expanded the practice yeah. squad because of COVID. Um, you got guys like Jonathan Cyprian, Blake Bortles, Snacks Harrison, Michael Kendricks, Corey Legit is on the yeah. Texas practice squad. So here's my question. Why does Eric Reed turn down an offer from Washington to be signed to the practice squad because he feels like he's too good to be on the practice squad? when he wants to play in the NFL, but he's not going to sign a practice squad deal. I mean, it, in this era that we live in, you, you sign the practice squad, you get through the COVID protocols, and then you're playing. Like, the, Washington's safeties are not good. Cameron Curl, DeShazer Everett, yeah, yeah, Troy I, Apke, I, he's going to play there. Which, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm trying it, to understand it, that it, as a Washington it, it guy. It doesn't, it doesn't, but he may have some issues. You know, he's, he's on the political side and... Um, he may, it may be something else other than uh, just the football stuff that bothers him. Or it may be that he feels like they should sign him to play and not to be on the practice squad. Like He feels like he can come in right away. And you got to remember when you're dealing with talented football players like Eric Reed, who I've played against, um, they have egos. And sometimes your ego gets the best of you. I just think it's a situation where Eric was feeling like he was being blackballed this kind of proves to me that that's not the case. And if, if you want to play, come in and play. It's not, you know, Eric got paid in Carolina. And by the way, the head coach in Washington was the, the coach who paid him in Carolina. Yeah. So he has a relationship sound, with Ron It sounds like this is touching you some type of no, way. I just, listen, some, there's, two teams, right there's two teams that I root for, and you know this. Washington and Tennessee. I work for Tennessee. I grew up in Washington. And I root for the Rams a little bit. Because I love McVeigh and I like their play-by-play guy okay. or their their color analyst on the radio. Yeah, their play-by-play guy is awesome too. Yeah, though. JB Long's cool too, although I don't really know him. I don't know. It's just weird. I just don't understand. Yeah, if, I mean, if you want to play so and, and, and get I'll, paid, I'll give then you play. A, I'll give you a, a great um, my situation, right? So I leave Jacksonville and I had like four teams that wanted me. It was uh, the Patriots. Whoa, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know this. The Patriots, I was going to go to New England, but they wouldn't, they didn't want me to do, I had this serious XM show that I had to do every Friday that I had to deal with, like, and I think I'd been doing it for like six years at this point. Was this a fantasy show? Yeah, it was a fantasy show. It was, it was like part of my brand. And they were like, you can't do that. Like New England, we don't, we don't do that. And I'm like. Hold on. Didn't Tom Brady have a deal with WEEI at the time? Yeah, that was different though. That was Tom Brady. So they were kind of like... That's kind of bullshit. Yeah, and I was just like, all right, cool. Like, this is good. And then I want to say, and this is where the ego comes in. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers who wanted me to come and mentor Le'Veon Bell. We had the same agent, made sense. Right. Um, It was the Dolphins, I think, around the same time. They were either... It was between me and... The old running back for the uh, was it, Broncos. Was, What's his name? Played at Georgia. Did the crying thing at the national anthem. Like, oh, I wanted to say Orlando Scary, not Orlando Scary. Way after that, I know exactly who you're thinking of. The, just the tears. Yeah, just he went to Georgia. His I forget eyeballs. his name. God, this is gonna drive um, and then me there nuts. was the Oakland Raiders, right? Um, my pride wouldn't let me go and be a backup somewhere else. Even though probably going to Pittsburgh was probably my best. Pittsburgh, New England. Were probably my best choices because they would win and I'd play a little bit and I could mentor and make some money and I'd probably still be playing right now to be honest with you. Um, you really, you really believe that? Oh yeah, 
Because I, I would, only, I was only getting, I would only been getting like a couple of carries in the game, like five to ten. You had like a solid. bum ankle when you got to Oakland. No, I thought that was your deal. I thought you, your foot still hurt. Yeah, but I was fine though. I was running. I, Dan, I went to Oakland because they told me I could start. They give me a chance to start. I just wanted a chance to compete to start, and I end up starting. That's all I cared about at the end of the day because I was still a starter in this league, right. and my pride and my ego got the best of me. And I went to a situation where. It was more rebuilding and trying to fix an infrastructure of an organization instead of going to a place where, you know, I could still play the game I love the way I played it. Um, yeah, I would have to take a step back and be a backup, but I'd be playing, you know, I could be playing either winning a Super Bowl that year with the New England Patriots or playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers at that situation. They were both very competitive organizations, but my pride and my ego wouldn't let me be a backup. It wouldn't allow me to go to New England and say, all right, I'll just turn down this Sirius XM deal. Like, no, like that, that was something I started and I did. So sometimes your ego gets the best of you. I can't believe that a fantasy football show on Sirius XM kept you from signing with the New England Patriots. That's unbelievable. Crazy, right? Damn. What about money? You got you were getting paid more to go to Oakland too, right? Did you think no, about I took that less money? End? I took less money to go to Oakland. What? Hold on, dude. You, I told you my ego was strong. I was, I was, I was very. Uh, I wouldn't say egotistic, but I, I believed in myself though, for sure. Like, because I knew if I went to Pittsburgh, like there was no chance. Because I remember sitting, I'm literally sitting in a, in a table with this with Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, um, great dudes by the way. And so I go, we're sitting in there. I go on my little visit. I get my knee checked out, my ankle, foot checked out, and we're sitting down. I go, uh, they go, look. So what do you think? I was like, I love it here. It's awesome. Like people cook like. You get whatever you want made at their cafeteria. First class organization. Oh, first. I mean, everything is awesome. Guys work out hard. Like when I went there on my visit, guys are in there training. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm all for it. And we get in the meeting and I, it's, 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 I'm sitting on this side of the table. Uh, Kevin Culver's where you are. Mike Tom's on the other side of the desk. He goes, so what's up? And he tells me about the schools and cause my kids and all this at the school district and everything. I'm like, bro, I was like, look, I have one question. You don't, give, you don't give me a chance to start or what? That's all he, had. he could have lied to me and been like, yeah, we'll give you a chance, knowing that he wasn't. How many years had Le'Veon been there at that time? I think two. I think it was like his second year, maybe. And his second year kind of when he was when he blew up, right? Yeah. He was like, he was like, look, we're never gonna lie to you here. <laughs> and that's what I knew. He was like, he was like, uh, we got this young running back. We want you to mentor him. He was like, we're gonna let you come in here and compete, but 26 is our guy. He was like, we believe in 26. I was like, I wish you just lied to me. Yeah, his second year, it, he had 1,300 yards and oh. was, was coming off a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Dude, I still can't believe, my mind is blown. You should be a hero of all fantasy football players in the universe for the fact that you turned down a chance to go play for the New England Patriots because you needed to host a fantasy football show on Sirius XM Radio. It was important to me, it still is. I mean, because I knew I knew at that point I was I was really on the down. Like my agents always tell me, like when you get in the NFL, you're on the downhill of your career, right? You may play ten years, whatever. You know, I played so long. I knew at that point I was at the end. Like I was on this slope. Like we talk about snowboarding and shit. I, I was at the bottom. You right? I was <laughs> I was coming to, to a, a, a halt here. Um, but my ego, like, because I felt like I was like I was productive doing this in Jacksonville, right? I was very productive, like. Even my worst year, my last year in Jacksonville was still productive. I still had 800 yards. Uh, probably could have got a thousand, but I was beat up a little bit. I missed a couple games because of injury. Um, so like, I'm like, I could have got a thousand that year. Like, 
and I was still doing this and I was coming off a major foot surgery. So I knew I still could do it. And I did, like I said, I just, I, it was just, it just sometimes going back to the whole, the, the story is, is sometimes as football players, when you're in it, it's hard to step back and like think right. of the bigger picture. You're looking at just inside. Now, as if it was me now, I'd be like, I'd go to get a win a bowl. I, the New England won the Super Bowl that year. Like I'd have got a ring or I went to Pittsburgh and possibly helped them to get a ring. Right. So, you know how that works, though, because every time you're introduced on NFL Network and you're a Super Bowl champ, they say Super Bowl champ before your name, right? You're, you're, you were great NFL running back, former NFL rushing champ, three-time Pro Bowler. I mean, there's certainly a all, plenty and, of accolades. But they don't but ever say the three-time All-Pro, though, which, is, which is weird. I don't know. You need to get on them. It's okay. I mean, listen, I tell people this. Football is a team game. And this is going to sound like really bad, but it, it is. It's the truth. I know people who've won Super Bowls who are really down in the dumps. And in this game, it's a job. And as much as we try to make it like Pop Warner or like high school or like even college where it's like, oh, it's a team atmosphere, it is hard to do that when guys are making money. And we play a very dangerous game. It's a child's game, but it's very dangerous. Um, and at the, my thought process was I need to maximize every dollar I could, which – goes back to what like it's crazy I went to Oakland because I went for less money but you need to maximize every dollar you have because you don't I, I retired at 29 we had this conversation like yeah. I retired at 29 years old if I live to 60 if I live to 65 I live to well, hopefully you live longer than 60 but and 65 but what I'm bro saying, but what I'm saying is I've made all my money to that point right it's very it's it's the most unique life uh, you have because you make all that money up front. And then I just did a show with a baseball player who played pro baseball for 12 years, journeyman player, Chase Darnell, great dude. And he's going back to get his college degree at Pepperdine and trying to figure out, he's 32, trying to figure out, just like you, what dude, he's doing with the rest of his life. Dude, now you had still, a runway. I still have to try to go back and graduate. I still haven't, I left after two years though. Cause I was, I was serious. <laughs> I was about it. <laughs> so I definitely got to try to graduate this thing. But yeah, it's, it's it's like, you don't know. And I know where he is in his life right now because I was there. I told you that that's another for another time. But yeah. like. That'd be a great podcast right literally, there. Literally, I've talked to I've talked to a ton of players over the last two, three months that have all, we've all gone through the same thing. But you don't, as football players, we're taught to not to talk about our problems. Right. We're taught not to tell people our issues. Just but people go on are, the field people are starting to talk more. I feel like it's people are yeah. more open Hayden to Hurst, hearing I think that is, from is football really players. Started. Absolutely, Dak Prescott has been big, and it and it's important. So going back to it, um, to Reed is Eric Reed. Like he has he he believes that he's a dude. Like he was really good for the Carolina Panthers. Really good. He came in and made some plays for him. I just think. You know, you may want to swallow your pride a little bit, get on that practice squad, and then two weeks down the road, guess what? You're good. Yeah, that's what that's what I would do. I was just a little confused by it. And I mean, man, we we You guys still you think they can win that division? Washington? They're not the best team in the division, but the way things are now and the way that defense has been playing, if they could get Kyle Allen to kind of forget who he was, which is a roller coaster of a quarterback and string together <laughs> six good games in a row, they'd have a chance. You yeah. talk about football being a team game. Have you ever seen more of a of a team effort, an unselfish individual effort than we saw when DK Metcalf uh, tracked down Buda Baker, ran 114 yards at 22 miles an hour. He looked like a cheetah, just lapping dudes out there on his way to Buda. That yeah, was, that wasn't a cheetah that was running. That was something else. I, I don't think a cheetah is that big. 
A stallion. He was, I don't know what it was. Freaking secretary. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, it's funny because um, you have that on one end of the spectrum, a guy that didn't catch a pass all game until right. the very right. end. Right, and th- people aren't talking about that. Yeah, yeah like they shut him down. Tyler Lockett that game. Yeah, like, he, and he went and chased his dude down, right? That's, I feel like he should get compensated just for that. Like, you pay him millions of dollars because he loves the game of football and that's what he brings to the table. Um, but... The other other side of it is the Dallas Cowboys and Andy Dalton gets hit, and no one does anything. You see the the two sides of that. The, the I others, did. That I, is that is a. For, I'm going to tell you, like we don't want to condone violence, like at all. There is an unwritten rule in football: when a teammate of yours gets anything illegal, it doesn't matter if it's a lineman, it doesn't matter if it's a ball boy, if he's on your team, on your side, you guys are supposed to go and get after that person, whatever it may be. Your, your quarterback, it's not Dak. It doesn't have to be Dak. But the guy that's back there is supposed to be your leader, supposed to lead you guys and manage you guys down the field, gets destroyed. And not one person, not one person does anything. Not a coach, not a player, no one. Th- that's a bigger issue than when we were talking about the coaches versus the players thing. That is just a, a football issue. It, is that something where the Dallas offensive line had so many backups in there and they just weren't? No, no, Dan. That's just a player thing. Dude, no matter if you're a backup, listen, if you're a third stringer, starter. The, first of all, and I, and I think, you know, you hear like people on ESPN, I think Dan Orlovsky talked about it and Ryan Clark talked about it, but like to the death we fight. I'll give you a great example. It's funny. Um, we were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2011, and uh, it was a good get back and forth game. We were, we were play, it was it was a tough game, um, and I run. We had this run play, and I run, and I get 12 yards. All right, Greg Jones. I I hear this commotion behind me, and I look, and Greg Jones and Lamar Woodley are fighting, like like tussling, going at it. Mind you, I just carried the ball. I'm down the field. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Greg Jones is a grown man. He's like 6'3", 250 pounds, like chiseled. I mean, he may have like a 3% body fat, like unreal. And he's going toe-to-toe with Lamar Woolley, and they're going at it. It didn't even, I didn't even think. I just remember looking up, and I'm on top of Lamar Woolley's back, like, yo, like, stop. You know what I'm saying? Because even though Greg didn't need no help. Right. But I had to go and help him because that's my guy. Like, of course, we go to battle together every Sunday. We no matter if it's a backup or not, we go. And not only did that happen, all the linemen who were blocking for me down the field turn and they were we we were all on top of each other. And Pittsburgh did the same thing. Dudes were trying to come off the sidelines and everything. Like, that's how you know you have a team. Dallas, that lets me know they're, they're, they won't win another game just because of that. So, but then that, but on the other side, Seattle has a chance to win the Super Bowl because of that effort. That's what, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, that's how you win games. So if you're Jerry Jones and you're Stephen Jones and you see that, oh my that God. reflects more poorly on Mike McCarthy and his staff than... Were, on everybody, not just those guys. I, that, that blame doesn't go to the coaches. That blame goes to everyone. Well, it starts at the top. You didn't think last week that McCarthy could be fired. You, yeah, I, don't think, I, still, I still don't think he's going to be fired. I just, I, But I, I think that they have to find a way to fix that culture. Because I, I'll tell you this much, if they were in Green Bay and that was Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Rodgers' backup, I bet you it would have been different. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I literally saw last year, last year I saw Miles Garrett hit 
Mason Rudolph on the top of the head with his helmet, and Pittsburgh, the whole team just went irate. Yeah. And I saw the whole Bouncy Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah I saw the whole Cleveland Browns went crazy too, right? Mm-hmm. No. It's a big difference, isn't it? That's an interesting point, though. I, I, I think McCarthy's squarely on the hot seat there. I mean, they're they're a disaster. And I know injuries have been an issue, but injuries have been an issue in a lot of places. I mean, Everywhere. look at look at San Francisco, what look they've at, done no. with injuries. Seven, look at Philadelphia, your division. Well, Philadelphia's they may have not very one good either, but they're better. They, may, they have the, two starters on the roster right now from week one. On the, in terms on of the, the offensive offense, line. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. offense, period. No, that's true. When you think about the receivers and the tight, tight ends. ends. Both tight ends are hurt. All the receivers are brand new. And it's only you, your quarterback in the center. Everyone else is brand new. Travis Fulgham has more yards through four games than any receiver in Eagles history outside of T.O. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Um, speaking of receivers, before we get to the game picks here, Antonio Brown joining the Bucks. We're going to uh, ask Scotty about this uh, when he joins us shortly. Uh, good move, bad move for the Bucks in terms of what uh, all the baggage that Antonio Brown brings into Tampa. I, well, I think this. There's two things. There's really three things. Um, Byron Leftwich has played with him. So your OC's played with him before, which helps out. Relatable, can relate to him. He has respect for him. Uh, Bruce Arians coached him in Pittsburgh when he was at OC in Pittsburgh. Thought he was a diva. Yeah. But he knows you need talented players. You can talk. And he's going to talk to you. You know, Bruce Arians is going to talk to you however he wants to. And then Tom has played with him. So you have three people that are very significant in this offense on this team that have had interactions with them, period. So a lot of the issues that you're going to have, and then he's been out of football. Like when you're out of football for some time, it takes, it, you you start to look at things differently. And I, and I think that this now makes them, you know, it sucks because he was either going to go there or Seattle and for the Rams and me being a Rams guy, that wasn't going to be good for either one. Um, <laughs> happy it's not Seattle though, because you could probably win the division, but now, I mean, the way Tampa Bay's rolling and, and how they're playing, you add him in there with, with all these other dudes. And I some people are saying the reason Evans isn't playing well is because he's getting all this double coverage and he's getting doubled and he can't get open. He's frustrated. Well, he's also been hurt. I mean, they've, all those guys have been hurt. You bring in a fresh Antonio Brown. Think about all the every Gronk is about to be singled up. Evans is gonna be everybody's gonna be singled up. You you have to pick you have to pick and choose on a play who you're gonna double. Forget about our guy Scotty Miller. Yeah, Scotty Miller. I mean Godwin. You, Ronald Jones is running hard. Leonard Fournette. And they put together a uh, you know an all star team without saying much. There's a bunch of talent there. Can Bruce Arians be that glue? Him and Byron Leftwich for that offense to hold it together though. I love that. Uh, did you hear that Brady had Tony Robbins, the motivational speaker, uh, talk to Antonio Brown a while ago? Um, just to kind of give him a give him a pep talk. I don't even know who that is. Tony Robbins? Yeah, I don't know who that is. You've never heard of Tony Robbins? No. He's one of the most famous motivational speakers in freaking American history. Really? You're going to Google him? Yeah, what's his name? His name's Tony Robbins. How do you spell Robbins? I, he makes millions and millions. Well, he, obviously he R -O -B -B -I -N -S. doesn't. R-O-B-B-I-N-S. He makes millions and millions. Obviously he doesn't. Public uh, speaking and he seminars. Don't get, he don't get none of that money from me. Well, I don't think you need it. Are you looking at it right now? Yeah, yeah, I hear he's from LA. Yeah. Look at Tony, look up Tony Robbins' net worth. Okay. Yeah. It's Tony, I'm telling you. So Brady has been thinking about this for a long time. But they said Brady had nothing to do with it. That's though. bullshit. And 
he visited AB when he was in Miami for the Super Bowl. He's been keeping in touch with him, texting him. He had Tony Robbins kind of give him a pep He's talk. He's tall, six seven. He's huge. He looks like Superman. Yeah. Would you? Did you find his net worth? Yeah, he's, he's worth roughly. Yeah. It says roughly on there, which means it's a lot. Okay. Yeah. You want me to say how much he's worth? Yeah. Oh, it says uh, between five hundred and six hundred million to Damn. motivate people. That's more than I thought. Yeah, he has a whole deal, man. Like he gives these seminars. He travels all over the world. Sounds like a hustle to me. Pays several thousand bucks to go there and spend a weekend. I remember going skiing in Sun Valley, and we stayed at this Sun Valley Lodge, which is awesome. And they had a Tony Robbins seminar going on the whole time. And uh, all the Tony Robbins people were hanging out late night at the bar wearing their Tony Robbins tags. It sounds like he sounds like he he has a he has a gift of gab. He's pretty good, kind of kind of like you, gift of gab. No, you pick no, because I, you know? I don't I don't sell dreams. Why not? It's not it's not what I do. I don't want. I don't like to like try to trick. People. I don't know if he's tricking people or not, but I get it. Like he's motivating people. So if you need to be motivated, go ahead. Speaking of selling dreams, I know you're getting into real estate. Uh, did you see Shady McCoy's doing that? They had a nice little write up. Yeah, on him. I saw that. He's he's a you know it's funny. Him and his brother. Uh, I used to train with him all the time. So I used to train in Miami. Listen to the backstage to train with. Um, at first, it was Fred Taylor, Thomas Jones, um, myself, Frank Gore. Shady, Matt Forte, Le'Veon Bill. Should be a bunch of us. There's others I'm missing. Uh, Kevin Smith. Damn. Who's a, a coach. Yeah, he's a coach at Ole Miss yeah, now. at Ole Miss, it, yeah. Uh, hold on. Thomas Jones, most ripped running back in NFL yeah, First history. of all, listen, Thomas Jones was like, he, we would do a full workout in the Florida sun. I'm talking about beaming. And after the workout, he'd go and do like sets of 20 pull-ups. And curls after he always had to make sure his arms were. His big. arms were. Jacked. I was like, dude, what's wrong with you? He's a he's obviously an actor now, but <clears throat> he is. Oh yeah, he, he, he lives out here. Yeah, he lives out here. He um he did uh, what's the movie with uh Ice Cube uh NWA movie? He was in that one. Straight out of Compton. Straight out. He was in Straight Out of Compton. He's been in a couple others. Really? Uh huh. Um. Huh. Yeah. Like, but he Good was looking like, dude. he was that always sense. about like. Like being ripped. It was jacked, dude. It was crazy. Like we and we would train hard. Like Frank, Frank would train. Like that's why he's still playing. He would train with us. He would train before us, train with us, and then box after. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Like, you don't are you not giving everything you have in this workout? Cause <laughs> like whatever Cause you, you were toast after. Oh, I was I'd go home and fall asleep. Get at least get a nap. I'd have a nap every day after these workouts. Cause you're out there. Do you appreciate anything more than you appreciate longevity at this point in terms of what Frank Gore's done? I know he's not putting up big numbers, but at the age he is and climbing up the career rushing list, that's oh, incredible. I mean, that, that, it's, it's, when I was younger, I was uh, thinking about this the other night. When I was younger, I used to be like, you know, like, why are all these old dudes like still trying to like live and, and like live the dream? Like, man, move on. No. You get it now. I get it. I used to think the same way, but live I get the it now. Dr- live it, Frank. Keep playing. Like, I wish I could keep playing. I wish that I could have still be in those locker rooms and have like, that's what you miss more than anything. Like having boys you could kick it with and call up, you know what I'm saying? Go out to dinners with like, you don't have that anymore. Cause everyone's you got it. You got it right here, dude. Yeah. But you, you know, you'd be doing your own stuff. You'd be walking your dog and sliding down hills and all that nonsense, <laughs> but we do need it. We should go to dinner tonight, man. I don't know if you still got some I'm free down. time, but we could do it. Yeah, um, I'm down. But yeah, like, I think, I think that is the, the one thing that you, you, you miss is like, having that like being able to call you know because even even now like part of the the stuff that my transformation that i went through which is we'll talk about that later on um 
Can we do an entire post, uh, podcast on MJD's transformation? Oh, bro. It's not just mine. It's just like I've talked to other players who have went through it. Like I don't – there's nothing – there's nothing that I – whoever I was before is gone. That person has been like – it's like a snake shedding its skin. I'm brand new now. I don't like the same foods. I don't play video games. I used to play video – I was an avid gamer. Well, you did a bunch of Madden shows and stuff. Probably could have made a bunch of money off it, off of this esports thing. Probably could have did that. D- have no interest in that. I read books now. Sip white wine. You know. What about travel red wine? the world? I'm not a big red guy. I'm more of a white. White's kind of like a summer wine. Like as it gets. Life a is cooler. always life is always summer with me now. Okay. I you like know, that. there is no winter. There isn't much fall. No right, spring. All right, just, stop just summer. It. Stop. Stop. Oh, we, dude. Do we, I, do we have a? Uh, we need. Just, we need to get a liquor uh, sponsor too. One I was day. working on it, and then COVID hit. I'll, I'll uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to pursue that again. Okay. Uh, I meant to say this earlier. No, Sean Moreno is the running. No, back. Sean Moreno crying the tears. Yeah, it was, yeah, so they picked him over me. Pittsburgh. It, no, Miami. Miami. Yeah. Oh wow. Time for a quick timeout to tell you about a few of our sponsors. And we start with Greens Plus, a health food leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse that green superfood into a bar. The bars, powders, taste great. The most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body deserves. All organic gluten-free, available at Whole Foods, Amazon, or greensplus.com. I recommend going to greensplus.com because you get 20% off if you use the promo code HELI. You like smoothies? Throw some wild berry superfood powder in there. Greens Plus. At Vaco, the motto is we invest in your career, so you are here for the duration of ours. Vaco, a premier talent and solutions firm that provides boutique-level service with global reach in the areas of consulting, consultative project resources, executive search, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. You need somebody to fill that C-suite position? Vaco has you covered. Their areas of expertise all across the board, folks. Accounting, finance, tech, healthcare IT, ops, administration, or international managed services. They were founded in 2002. One of the founding partners, my good buddy Brian Waller, a University of Tennessee alum. He did not like how things went this past weekend against Georgia. I can tell you that much. But Vaco's still growing. They serve over 40 markets across the globe, 1,000 employees, 5,000 consultants, and $750 million in revenue. At Vaco, they're doing it right. Check them out, Vaco.com. That's V-A-C-O.com for more info on how they can connect people to their dream jobs and help leading companies find talent to grow their business. I'm not sure how long it's been. I think probably three months or so, but I tried this new product called True Niagen, and I think you should too. There is a trend, MJD, in the scientific community uh, that surrounds the health of our cells. It affects all of us, from former athletes like you to the weekend warriors like myself. We have something in our cells called NAD, which supports our energy and our body's ability to repair itself all the way down to the cellular level. Well, it turns out that NAD declines as we age. It also declines when we overexercise or we don't sleep enough and even when we're exposed to a virus. There is only one NAD booster that is backed by Nobel Prize winning scientists, 10 published human studies, and regulatory approvals for safety, and that is True Niagen. Visit TrueNiagen.com to learn more. That's T R U. N-I-A-G-E-N. I haven't been sick in three months since I've taken this stuff. 
It's good. All right, as promised, here with uh, Bucks wide receiver Scotty Miller, one of uh, Tom Brady's favorite targets there in Tampa, and the Bucks are uh, rolling, man. Uh, Scotty, I guess the first question I have for you is: How different is the offense this year than it was last year? It's a lot different. Um, I think the main thing is everyone just knows what they're doing more. Everyone has a lot more confidence because they know what they're doing. Um, we're more on the same page and there's still some work to go because we had a lot of new pieces this year than last year. Um, but it's just been, we've been clicking a lot better. And with Tom at the helm, he's just been doing a great job and making it, making it pretty easy for the rest of us. Have you noticed a big difference from week one to, to now? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think every game we've gotten, we've continued to get a little bit better each game. Um, we really started clicking like the last two, three weeks. We had a little, um, Law against the Bears, but um, the last couple of weeks, besides that, we've really been clicking and uh, and playing well. Yeah, including last week uh, against the Raiders, your first 100 yard game. Tom just dropping that ball right in the bucket, man. Just walk me through that play. It was just so beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, that was sweet. Um, he really just made it easy for me. It was just really a go ball. Me and Mike were both running goes on each side of the field, and I just ran at my guy, got on his toes. Uh, as soon as I got by him, looked up for the ball and just saw it hanging right there. And it just landed right in my lap. Um, so just made it, he makes it really easy for me. His deep balls are perfect. Everyone was talking about before the season time, can't throw the deep ball anymore. He doesn't have the arm strength, but I think he's proven everyone wrong each and every week. Yeah, no doubt, man. So do you go and, do you go and seek out Hunter Renfro? After that game, you know, quarterbacks dap each other up, punters find each other. I imagine that there's like this little white guy receiver fraternity with like you and Adam Humphreys and Cole Beasley and Julian Edelman. I definitely keep an eye on all those guys. That's for sure to see how they're doing every week. Um, just like you said, just being similar guys. But uh, I did not. I did not. I actually didn't. With all the COVID stuff, all the receivers, we just we just went back in the locker room. But um, I definitely, when I was on the sideline watching the defense, I was watching him, seeing all his moves and all, and all that type of stuff. So um, it's cool to see guys like that. I just, I just imagine this like text chain and you had like, like uncle Wes Welker <laughs> checking in and Wayne Krabat, you know, dropping a nugget, maybe grandpa, Steve Largent. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, dude, Chris Godwin called you the fastest guy on the team. Is that accurate? Oh yeah. Chris knows what's up. Well, hey, dude, AB's not slow. When are you guys going to have AB, a little, little race now? AB's not slow, but he can't, he can't hang with me in a straight, in a straight hundred yard dash. I can tell you that. Oh, here um, we go. I like the fire Scotty Miller. Yeah. Yeah. If he, I'll be ready whenever he, I mean, not during the season. Cause you know, I got to make sure these hamstrings and everything stay healthy, but, uh, but whatever, whenever he wants to anybody after the season, you know, we'll get it going. I love it, man. I love it. What's that been like so far? I know it's only been a couple of days, but you know, coach Arian saying that AB's looking pretty good. What's that been like for you to have another person in the wide receiver room like him? Oh, it's great. It's awesome. He hasn't been practicing uh, with us, but uh, I heard he had a great workout yesterday. Uh, he's been in meetings with us. Um, just a great guy, especially for me. You know, he's a similar similar build, you know, smaller receiver. Uh, another six-round pick out of the MAC. Um, Love it. Just a guy, really, that I looked up to, I looked up to his game. Um, so when he does get out there to practice with us, it'll just be awesome to see the little different things he does to get open. Um, and obviously, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. So I'm just excited. Um, I mean, it's been great already in just the, just the first couple of days. Dude, walk me through real quick the recruiting process for you. Uh, you know, I heard you say on NFL Network that you were lightly recruited, obviously, and you're one of the, you know, lowest uh, and I don't star stars or whatever in your recruiting class. 
Um, who, who did you get offers from? Was it just Bowling Green? Yeah. I don't even know if I had any stars coming out, but, uh, so I had, I had a couple FCS offers, D1 AA. I had North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and Western Illinois. Those were the three I had. And then finally, after my last, after my final football game, my senior year of uh, high school, Bowling Green called Sean Lewis um, and uh, Dino Babers was the head coach at the time. And they called and, and offered me a scholarship. And that was my, my goal all along was to play FBS football. I didn't think I was going to get the opportunity because – I went to like five different Mac camps, uh, big 10 camps in the summer leading up to my senior year and coaches wouldn't even, wouldn't even look at me. wouldn't give me a chance. Um, so then Bowling Green finally came through, gave me an offer. Um, and I just made the most of it when I, when I got there. Yeah. I'd say you did. Give me your real, your right now, height, weight. Um, right now I'm five, five, nine, one seventy-five. What were you coming out of high school? Coming out of high school, I was probably five nine, well five eight five nine one fifty eight. Wow. Okay, man, it's it really is unbelievable how quickly you you burst onto the scene this year. And we the first, I mean, I obviously knew who you were last year, but the first time I'm like, all right, Scotty's for real is when Tom was talking about you in the off season and yeah. those workouts. And I've I've had many conversations with with Julian Edelman about how long it took for him and Tom to get on the same page. It was a couple of years. He actually flew himself out to those workouts. And then by the end, Tom's flying him out to his place at the Yellowstone club, which by the way, you got to make sure you do that. That's a sweet, that's yeah, a sweet place. I'll, out I'll there. Work on that one. <laughs> <laughs> how did you guys get on the same page so quickly though? You think? Um, I mean, I just try to be a sponge around him really and just try and soak up all the information that he gives me um, and really just listen and then it's just really being coachable. He tells me what to do and I try to do exactly what he wants really. Um, so we got to good thing. I'm so happy he came in and we got, since there was no OTAs, he came in and we got all that work at the local high school. Uh, we were doing that for like three, two, three months, like two, three times a week. So um, just we really developed that chemistry on the D ball. Like you guys have seen a little bit um, early this season, um, just all that and all training camp, just working really hard at it. Um, and we'll continue to, to get better and better. We, we haven't connected on a few as well that, you know, we want to be, we, we strive for perfection. So hopefully we can keep, uh, keep getting better and keep making plays. Has he invited you and your new bride over to dinner yet? Have you met Giselle? I, I have, uh, my, my wife has not, she's, uh, she's still waiting for that one. She's excited to go over to the, the mansion that he's got over there. Um, but I was over there one time and it was great. It's an awesome place. Uh, Definitely, definitely something to remember. That's for sure. You, you went to Vegas uh, for the first time when you played against the Raiders. Is this going to be your first trip to New York taking on the Giants? This is good. No, I've been, my wife is actually from New Jersey, just outside of New York. So um, been there a few times, but as far as going and playing um, at MetLife, my first time, obviously. So um, just excited to go out there. And I wish, I wish, uh, I wish fans could be there. My wife could go and her own family and all and her dad and all his, all his boys, but, uh, but it's all good. Uh, yeah. I wish fans could be there too. All right. Two more. And then we'll let you get away, man. Really appreciate the time, Scotty. Uh, so many alphas in, in the, the running back room, the wide receiver room, obviously the quarterback room there for you guys. Who's the alpha of the alphas on the bucks right now? Uh, Tom Brady. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Tom Brady is that's what we all look up to. That's the leader. That's what we all follow. Um, so he's the man around here. So obviously your your wife's Jenna, right? 
Yes. yes so Jenna, have no problem. You like, you know, hanging out with Tom Brady, but if you said, Hey, I'm going to go out with Gronk. It's just the two of us. Is she going to be like, what? Hold on. Hold on a second. You, you're not allowed. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think I'm getting that pass. Um, I think she's seen some some videos of Gronk, you know, dancing on tables, and I don't think she wants wants me to be any part of that. But but if she if the if the invite got extended to her to come with, uh, she'd be all about it. That's for sure. No, oh her. man, well you you got a good one there. Hey, Scotty, good luck against the Giants. It's been a joy to watch you play, um, and hopefully you guys uh, go deep this year, man. Yes, sir. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right, that's Scotty Miller from the Bucks. Uh, now back with MJD on the Helipod. All right, you want to pick some games? I won five and one last week. Why? Why wouldn't I? Um, you want here? Do you want me to give you my cheat sheet notes? No, nah, it's all good. All I right, got it right sure? here. All right, I'm gonna just lay it over here anyway, just okay, in case. Go ahead. Um, all right, Patriots and the Bills. Uh, we talked about the Patriots a little bit. They just got punished by a 49ers team that's banged up, and this is the most unpatriot-like team that I think I've seen in the Bill Belichick era. Um, you know why? Because they're turning the ball over. They're tied for last in turnovers. They scored 18 points combined in two weeks, and they lost to a Denver team a couple of weeks ago that didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. And they're playing a Bills team that's nearly – they're better in every metric, I think. And I listen, so I don't who think – you taking? Okay, do you want – Tell me who you're taking. I'm taking not, the Bills. Okay, I'm going to go with the Bills too, I'm, but this is why. It has no, – it's until they figure out a way to play inspired. The Patriots. The Patriots. They're not like what I saw. Like, that. What? That's not the deep. The Patriots aren't aren't this offensive juggernaut that everyone expects. They've never been that. They played great on special teams and defense, and that's that wasn't what they did um, last week. And so until I see that, especially against a Buffalo team who played struggled against the Jets. A bad jet. They're trying to get back, and Josh Allen's been going back to Josh Allen again. He, he, has he wasn't. A little bit. He hasn't been Josh Allen. We saw the first couple weeks. Now he's going back to old guy that we remember, um, which gives them a chance. But I still think the Buffalo Bills. I mean, this is their time to shine. So I, I, I give it to Buffalo. I think they're healthier. I think that they're they they have more weapons, and if New England can't move the ball, it's going to be an issue. Yeah, the, the Bills need to get John Brown back too. That makes him a better offense. Um, all right, so we're both picking the Bills. Ooh. My score is 27-21. Raiders 3-3 three and three at the Browns 5-2. and two. Uh, Was Baker's performance last week an aberration, or has he turned the corner? What do you think? Okay, because I, I, I want to make sure my picks match up, because I picked these the games earlier, and I don't like to go back and forth. But You want to um, look up your picks right now? I, and I just looked them up. I got them on okay. my phone. Um, right. This is the thing with the Browns. Their defense is a problem. Their defense is an issue. You can't get continue to give up 400 yards, three touchdowns. You get somewhere along the line, you have to step. I get it. Miles Garrett is leading the league in sacks. I understand all that. I, I get all that. Dan, don't, don't try to tell me. <laughs> I'm not I telling you anything. It. I'm looking up a couple but, of numbers. Their pass defense is, is putrid. Oh, They're scoring defense really bad. Right. And so that is going to be an issue. Um, <laughs> it's funny because we're, we're, we, we think the same, but – I just I don't believe when it, when it comes to these type of matchups I just pick the better quarterback and I don't believe in Baker Mayfield I think he had a good game against a Bengals team that it's the Bengals right now they're still the Bengals they're still trying to figure they're just trading away a guy that had ninety sacks you just trade him away right mm-hmm. um, Dunlap yeah they're, you want to get younger no well that's fine but um, I just I believe in Derek Carr and I, I think they're going to go in and, and and play really well and beat this team up it is so unfortunate that I, I feel like the the Raiders. Yeah, which I rarely say this. They're more talented than the Browns right now. 
Odell Beckham being out, possibly your tight end Austin is out, even though your backup uh, Harrison Bryant balled out. Um, yeah, I, I, we've talked about Harrison Bryant. He's one of my favorite rookies in the draft. Did a couple of his games. He's a stud. But yeah, Hooper being out, um, that's a good point. And, and listen, I've seen a couple of stats and some metrics to try to say that they're they play better without Odell. Stop it. Just just stop it. Here, here's the thing that about Baker. He he was unbelievable for one half of football. Right, 297 yards, five touchdowns in, in 34 minutes. But Derek Carr has been as efficient as any quarterback in the NFL. He's completing 73% of his passes. Crazy. He's going downfield more. I, this is going to be a huge game for Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs. I, I got the Raiders with you, man. I think this is a minor upset. And this is a, this is the type of game, and this is the thing that gets me. This is the game where the, the a wild card spot could be on it. And if the Raiders and the Browns have the same record, this game is going to matter. I just think Derek Carr is better. All right. So we're go both going Raiders there. We both picked – did we both pick the Bills? Yeah, I think yeah. we did. Uh, yeah. All right, Steelers-Ravens. <laughs> this one, man, this one's going to be good. Steelers, is, yeah, the last is. unbeaten. The Ravens 5-1. and one. Steelers survived the Titans despite those three uh, Big Ben interceptions. You touched on this earlier. Yannick Ngakwe mm -hmm. being added to the number one defense in football that already has 22 sacks. You team him up with Matthew Judon, Calais Campbell. You got those guys coming off the edge, the back end with Marlon Humphrey, Marcus P. They are nasty. Yeah. And it's, I, I know the Steelers' defense is really good too, but I – I just I like the Ravens here. The Steelers are not going to go undefeated. They're going to lose a game or two, and this is going to be one of them. I, I got the Ravens 24-20. Yeah, so I'm going to disagree with that. Oh, really? I'll tell you why I'm going to disagree. Really? Baltimore, their offense still has an identity issue. Okay. They, they don't know if they want to be a throw team or a running team. They're not running Mark Ingram, which is a problem. They're running Gus Edwards and, and, and J.K. Dobbins. Why are they not running Mark Ingram? I don't know. I don't know. But let's remember, you, Mark Ingram was the reason that – do you not remember the play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year? Mark Ingram ran the guy over and then dr drug – he ran him over and the guy was holding on to his jersey and he drug him for like five or six more yards. I do. Like that's what he brings to the table. But he's not there. So – or they're not utilizing Well, he's him. been a little banged up too. There's, there's, that's fine. They're not running Lamar like they – they're starting to run him more, but they're not running like they did last year. So to me, I, I think, you know, as much as stats are going to say the Ravens are a number one – uh, defense. I, I believe the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, they they get after the quarterback in, in a number of ways. They can stop the run. Um, and to be honest with you, what they were doing to Derrick Henry showed me a little bit more um, of what I like. So I like Pittsburgh in this one. I just hope Big Ben. And it, it's going to be that type of matchup. It's going to be one of those physical games. I'm nervous because Big Ben's a quarterback and he does tend the ball throw, uh, turn the ball over a little bit. But uh, I like big, I like the Steelers going to Baltimore and winning this one. All right, so we That's have a one. different one. I don't one. I don't know if we talked about this uh, at the top of the picks, but we are officially tied up on the season now, twenty seven and fourteen yeah. in our pick six segment. I finished three and three last week. You were five and one. Uh, getting, Tennessee I'm like, I'm like and New England nice did wine. me. I like that nice wine. I just keep getting better. Uh, I'm gonna get Low you. Time. Listen, we didn't really put anything on this. Let's go. Let's go. Bottle of wine. Okay. okay. Season's end. Under a hundred dollars. I want a nice bottle of red. You can have a nice bottle of white. Yeah, a sparkling white if possible. A sparkling white. Yeah. You never had that? Yeah. With the sunset? I mean, what did you drink rose too? 
Oh, do I? Rose I think I think a rosé. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> you just get me a, a bottle of rosé, and we'll be good. Oh my God, I'm foo foo. Uh, we got to get Will Blackman to get like up your wine game. Mm, I don't bit. need that. I don't need to be too fancy. He's he's the, he's the wine guy. He is, but I'm, I don't need all that. I know what I like. All right, keep it simple. Uh, Rams at Miami. I obviously know you're going to pick the Rams here. Yeah, but it's two a time, mm-hmm. and uh, I think. Not necessarily any more pressure. I just feel like he's going to be judged slightly differently than maybe had he started the season because of the way Justin Herbert uh, and Joe Burrow are playing, which is which is phenomenal. So I think Miami had a plan, and their plan was, hey, Fitz is going to play a little bit. And remember, this bias was be week eleven, right? And they were hoping that they'd be down. They let Fitz rock to week eleven, and then they go. But with all the COVID, it switches. And so they th- their plan was always that. But my problem is this: you have a chance to win the division. Like, you have a chance to win, which now all of a sudden you're hearing all these reports of these guys being traded or on the block and Fitz is being, you know, they're like, we're too good too fast right now. We need to slow down. We want to be better. We want to be prepared for next year. And so there's a lot of people that say, hey, you know, every rep that Tua gets is going to be better for 2021. I don't know. Like, and then you're going to start them against a defense that's, ranked second in points allowed, second in passing yards per game, and have probably the scariest defensive lineman to ever play the game. Because it's not because not because of his dominance, his size. It's because when he hits you, he slams you into the turf. Because when he gets to your quarterback, which he's done multiple times, he continues to get to the quarterback. Seven week and a half sacks? Yeah. He hits, and then he, the guys around him are better. And then now, now, the other thing is this. Then you have Jalen Ramsey, who doesn't get tried as much. But impacts the game with his tackling. Oh, he does. Is there a corner in football that's more physical than Jalen Ramsey? He's not a corner. He's a football player. He, he, they're using him as a football. They're yeah. moving him down to the box. He, they're moving him all over the place. He plays everywhere. And so um, that to me is just like I guess you call it baptizing him by fire. But hey, it is what it is. Is what they want to do. I got the Rams winning this one. Yeah, I do too. Uh, apologies, I forgot about the half sack that Aaron Donald had. Um, yeah. last week. So Got he has a little eight half sacks. of Nick Foles. Yeah, eight sacks. A little half of Nicky Foles. What what about uh what about Fitz and the little pouting episode that he had after they it's pulled true. the plug? It was honest. It was people want authentic uh authenticity. authenticity. Yeah, you got it. Think about that, like I know, but you need to say that. Do you need to say I had to be on a Zoom call with the guy who replaced me and the coach that fired me? You're making a ton of money. There's nobody in the world outside of athletes who can I relate tell, to you. What I t- no, there's a lot of people in the world that can relate to him. Not not making that kind of money. It's not about the money. Is you have you ever have you ever been replaced? Sure. How do you feel? How'd you feel? Oh, it's terrible. So you can relate to him. Yeah, but you know what? I didn't go into a public forum. And, you would have. You would have. No, I wouldn't have. You're you're crazy. Absolutely not. If they would have been like Dan, how do you feel right now? Blah blah. blah. And you had a microphone. You would have let go. Because I would have. I would definitely. I did. I guess it depends on the form. I don't feel like. Dude, I, I don't feel like playing I for the Raiders. And I re- I remember like it was yesterday. I broke my hand. All right. Once I broke my hand, like I knew at that point they were like, we're not really messing with you. And I'm like, off of one game, like we played the Jets with really good defense. Like that don't make sense. So I went to go talk to Tony Sperano, RIP, and I went to go talk to Greg Olson and a couple other people in the offensive staff. And I'm like, look, what's the deal? Because I'm, I'm, I, I was like, part of me wants them to go out and just air all, all our drama to the world because y'all messing with me. And they were like, it ain't like that. Like, it's coming from above. That's, a, that's all they, that's their talk. Like, 
it's it's above me, you know. So I went above them. I went to the gym. Like, yo, what's the deal? What's going on? Oh, it's above me. Like, so now that's everyone's thing. And right. so it took a lot for me not to go out and be on Twitter because that's not, I didn't grow up that way. Right. But it takes a lot for you not to go out and do that because, like, it sucks, bro. Like, he put this team on. He was running, running guys over against Jacksonville for touchdowns and putting his body on the line. Yeah, he made a lot of money, but he loves the game of football. I understand it. I just don't know that I would have said that. I would have just, you know what? I would have gone home and talked to my wife. I would have talked to my boys. I would have talked to the coaches. I just wouldn't have aired that publicly because I think that makes it awkward for Tua. No, it don't. Life is not? That locker room, listen. You know, I'm going to tell you why it's not awkward for Tua. Because I remember in Jacksonville, I had a bad game. It might have been against the Ravens. I fumbled three times on Monday Night Football. I was the guy paid. We won. Tuesday, they were trying out running backs. I was like, How, What point in your career was this? 2011, I think. 2010 or 11. It was, I just got paid. But they were like, we In case we have another issue like this, we need to have a guy that we're comfortable with behind the guy. In Who case, was your backup at the time? Rashad Jennings, I think. Okay. So I was like, I was like, Damn. Okay. Like, was that a wake up call? Let me get on my game. I was already woke, but I was like, Okay, like, oh, we just blatant with it. And you see these we every Tuesday before COVID, that's the trial day. So you see, and in Jacksonville, it was like in your face. Like them dudes would be in the locker room with you, like, oh hey, bro, what you doing here? Oh man, I got a tryout. What? What position are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> I play left guard. Oof. Thank God. Or I play receiver. Or I was like tight end. Like there's guys every day trying out. That's on every NFL team. Right. And so, like it doesn't make it awkward. Like that's just life. Like you just know you're walking around on eggshells every day. Like you're on a bubble. Yeah. You're just there. So you just got to just play. You got to get used to that. And eventually guess what? And I learned this in a league. Your, your, your football life is a cycle. How you get in the league is how you'll be replaced every time I came in the league as a backup, uh, playing behind Fred Taylor. I left the league as a starter getting get replaced by a younger dude. Like just how it goes. Uh, you know who's not going to be uh, coming in for tryouts for the Rams anytime soon? Or punters? I mean, oh, no is they, have you ever heard a, a, a punter get he, more praise than Johnny Hecker? You know, and Johnny Hecker had been struggling. He he hadn't been punting the ball like he was. That maybe like, that's why he was so juiced after some. Well, I mean, anytime you get what four inside the ten, yeah, a couple like, right on the five too. On the one, he had, he had one yeah. on the, a couple. On the, like he and 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 that type of game, and it was it was unbelievable because all week we were trying to figure out what the game plan was going to be, how you we were going to go out and dominate him, um, and to see Sean McVay really put the game on their special teams and say, look, kick off, you have to tackle Cordero Patterson because we're not going to get the ball in the end zone all the time, and then punt. We need to change the field position. And in every crucial situation, he flipped it. Like, I mean, the the one that got all the praise was the 63-yarder that literally flipped from them being backed up to, you know, putting the Bears backed up. Obviously, their offense was trash, so. Greasy was talking about the watermelon ball when he holds it on the side. Does he always punt like that? Sometimes. Yeah, since I've been here, like, that's one of the things where he's inside the 20, he'll kick the ball. It's it's. He kicks it like that. I actually caught a punt from a guy who used to play for the Titans. I forget his name. He had a leaf punt. And he would kick the ball up in the air. And, and if our people that are watching, the ball would come down like a leaf. Like a flutter it, it would just float like this. And so you'd have to like slide with it. And then at the last second, it just drops. The craziest thing how dudes can do that. Um, but Hecker, is like he's mastered this punt where cause you can shank it. If you hit it the yeah. wrong way, it's shooting off to the right or to the left. Like he kicks it perfect every time, man. He knows what he's doing. Who was your favorite punter that you ever played with? 
Do you even remember the punters? Steve we- Steve Weatherford was was one of my good. Oh, he's you know, he's a what he's, he's like, like a macho man. Builder, yeah, he's like bodybuilder a shredded bodybuilder. Yeah, but he was he was cool. We I played with a lot of a lot of our punters were fast too. Like ran four fours. Really? Steve did this other dude Adam Polish ran a four four. Would Would you rather be if you were guaranteed a ten year NFL career? Would you rather be a punter or a backup right guard? I'd rather be a backup quarterback. No, that wasn't part of the question. I mean, punter, I just, because you got to tackle every now and then. Like, it's not much expected of you, but you're not going to make a lot of money either. You're going to make consistent money. It's not a lot. Let's say the money's equal. Let's say the money's, let's say you're making $2 million a year to punt and you're making $2 million a year to be a punt every day of the week. You don't get touched and you don't do anything in practice. You go to one meeting and you kick it. And it was funny. And they leave early too. Like, some of these times, guys, you're staying until like, Five, six, seven o'clock at After night. After practice, meetings. they go to one meeting and then they get to go home. Yeah, but don't you feel like you're more part of the team? If you know you're you're part of that offensive line unit, you're in the running back room. Well, listen, if they're gonna pay me two million dollars to kick to punt a ball down the field, <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> All right, I promise you. <laughs> that was a that was a terrible question. Strike that from all future use in helipods. Um, Saints Bears, Saints four and two, Bears five and two. Chicago, in my mind, is the worst five and two team in That's NFL crazy. history. This crazy you could say that. But yeah, so they so beat the Bucks too. Remember that? I know. I don't know how that happened. David Montgomery, I watched him a couple of games ago, and I'm like, man, this dude, like, he runs hard. He just doesn't gain any yards. He's averaging three point seven yards per carry. You saw that game. You want to know why? Yes, tell me. The offensive line is getting dominated. So it is. And, 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 their, and their scheme is bad. All these shotgun runs and it's just it's just they don't know. Matt Nagy, when he was in Kansas City, he had Andy Reid to help him with the running game. Right. Um, they were and and if you don't understand the run, if you look at what they're doing now with Eric Bienemy, who understands the running game, completely different running styles, right? Remember, they're the same, they're under the same tree. Would you see with the Chiefs right now? They're running outside zone. They're running power downhill. They're running dive. You add Le'Veon Bell in, you get him some of his favorite runs, what he likes to do. You don't see that in Chicago. They don't even have a – it's like they just run as a necessary evil in Chicago. And I've said this before. Like That's why Chicago will never win. Because one two, – two reasons. You traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky when you could have had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Well, really, it's Deshaun Watson would have went there. I don't think Mahomes would have went at, at, at three. But – and then two, you don't have a consistent running game. And if you think Nick Foles is going to win a game throwing the ball 60 times, you're crazy. When he was in Philly, when they made that run, guess what they were doing? They had like Garrett Blunt. Yeah. They had they had a back, a stable of backs that they were just running down people's throats. And then every now and then they'd pull the ball with Nick Foles and throw it down the field. That's where he's at his best. So do you think there was something to I know you were calling the game on the radio, but I'm sure you heard it after the fact when Brian Greasy said that uh, he talked to Nick Foles and Foles was saying that some of these plays that Nagy was calling would would come in and he's like, there's no way we're going to be able to run this play because we're not going to have enough time. So there was some kind of disconnect there on the play calling. Well, do you, do you oh, think yeah. there was something to that then? No question. I think Nick Foles understands, and this is one thing, because I remember he came to the sidelines. And um, that's crazy. Brian Greasy's out here starting drama, but I love it. I'll take it. It was at the end of the game. It was it was a really big deal after the fact because you know you have the production meetings yeah. and you you hear a lot of stuff that 
they'll say it's, this is off the record and you, you generally know what you can say and can't say. You're but never supposed to say that. Ha having called you know, a number of NFL games over the years. You hear everything. You, you hear it all. And there's a lot of stuff that you just kind of keep, you know, in the back of your mind as, as a reference point. Or you can say that I think this, knowing that it's a reality because somebody told you that. Mm -hmm. But there's a way to phrase it. And Greasy made it clear that this was from Nick Foles and it was completely thrown at Nagy under the bus. So there was an, I think there was a game, I forget what game it was. It might've been the Thursday night where they were having tempo. And they were going down the field on the Bucks defense. And Nick Foles comes to the sideline because Matt Nagy stopped him like, huddle up, huddle up. Nick Foles is like, why? Like, we're rolling. Let's, let's go. Keep, let's keep going. Right. And that's where you're going to start to see a lot of their disconnect because there's just two different things. They just have two different philosophies. And I, and I truly believe this. Like, Matt Nagy's biggest issue is always going to be that he doesn't want to run the football. He wants to use play action pass. He wants to do all these gimmick things. But you don't have anyone to do those anymore. Tariq Cohen's on IR. You can't, like, you have to run the ball, man. Like, you have to, your offensive line needs to go forward. I knew that this was a great matchup for Aaron Donald on this defense because they want to pass heavy teams against the Rams. The Rams will dominate every day of the week. Run heavy teams, give them trouble. They right. don't, like, and it goes back to last year when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they played the Baltimore Ravens, when they played the San Francisco 49ers twice, when they played them this year. Teams that like to run the ball first, give them the most trouble. So I'm assuming you're picking the Saints. Saints yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I, the Saints, this is the one thing. Hopefully Michael Thomas comes back. Um, had not played since week one, man. He's I know. He's been gone all season. I mean, it's crazy. And this half the season's gone by, but hopefully he comes back. If he comes back, you get Emmanuel Sanders back off of COVID. I think you you kind of start to, to to build this thing back up. But I don't trust the Bears. And it's not – I trust the Bears' defense, I, I, their offense. I, I can't. No, I, I think we'll see Trubisky uh, in the next two or three There's games. There's no way they're going back to Trubisky. You don't think so? It's over. They're just going to ride Foles out all the way through. You're paying them all that money. You're not going to – I'm telling you, they're, if there was a game for them to go in, it would have been this one on Monday night because Nick Foles is out there looking stank. <laughs> <laughs> so Trubisky is done, done. Oh, he's done. But it's then, like a fork in but, but Nag, have it, you it, ever it, been to Chicago? Yeah, of course. What's your favorite restaurant? Uh, that steakhouse in the Viagra Triangle. I can't remember the name of it. Dickas? That's not Dickas. There's another there's one. There's a bunch of them. I mean, ah, uh, Burns. I can't remember the name of the steakhouse there. Whatever it is, that steak that you got there. Yeah, that's Mr. Trubisky. Is well done. It's over. It's over. No, no, no flavor to that thing what, anymore. Toast. Nagy's going to start feeling the heat if he feels like. Oh, Foles the heat's is, already been on him. If he feels like Trubisky gives him a better chance down the stretch, you got to put him in. Dude, the day they drafted Mitchell Trubisky over those two quarterbacks I just named before. Yep. That is why they're in trouble. They're Deshaun a quarterback Watson, away. Watson, Patrick Mahomes. They're a quarterback away. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that could have drafted those guys, though. Uh, all right, I'm picking the Saints 30 to 17. Last game. Oh, we're, this is where we're going to we're, we're, we're disagreeing on this one too. But go ahead. 49ers at Seattle. We got a bonus. I don't know if anybody's done a better coaching job under the circumstances than Kyle Shanahan with all the injuries they've oh, had. Kyle Shanahan's a phenomenal coach. He's unbelievable. Game plan, I mean, he relates to everyone. I, I love what he's done with the Niners. And, and a lot of people think I, I am. I, I don't like the, the Niners organization. It's not like I don't like them personally. I like the people that run. I, I just grew up a Raiders fan. I right. It. So it's just, you know, that you're supposed to dislike them. Um, but all my boys, Kyle Shanahan, John Embry, um, those are dudes that I like I, I played under in college. 
uh, those are guys that uh, that I, I know very well. And so I always love to see them have success. And, and Kyle is, you know, again, we talked about the the, the Dallas Cowboys having to adjust to mm-hmm. injury. Look what Kyle Shanahan's doing. <laughs> like, it's, his top, what, three backs are out? His top receivers are out? Like, they, you go to New England and just roll. Right. Bosa's out. Sherman's out. Uh, and, oh, by the D way. Ford's out. A lot of these guys are coming back. Yeah. Right? So they're eventually going to be back. Tevin Coleman's going to be back. Mostert's going to be back eventually. Um, Seattle's going to be without Chris Carson, who has a sprained foot. They should get Jamal Adams back. No Debo Samuel for Sam Fran. Uh, but the O-line's been playing pretty well. And I think they're going to use that same bully ball formula that they use against New England. Yeah. You think it's going to work? Uh, I do. Okay. I think I think the 49ers are going to go into Seattle and pull off the upset. Why do you have this little grin on your Cause face? Because, listen, all with all that being said, you you playing the guy with first name Russell, last name Wilson. And that is scary. He always is going to have a chance to win. And he stunk it up. Like, with the chance to win the game against Arizona through a pick – all like all that. He's gonna he's gonna bounce back. The thing about this, Tyler Lockett had 200 yards receiving, yep. three touchdowns. DK Metcalf had zero catches. Do you think that's gonna happen again? Probably not. Chris Carson was hurt. Guess who came in? Carlos Hyde came in and did the exact same thing. Like this is gonna be bully ball versus bully ball. And and I think I think that as good as that Niners secondary has been, even though they're banged up with Red and those guys are like playing well. Like, you're going to have to – I don't know if them dudes can cover that deep ball down the field. And he's going to throw it up to Metcalf a couple times. They're going to play cover three. They don't – they run the same defense. And then it's like it's, you probably, you know how to attack these guys. They rely on Russell too much. I mean, he he can cook, but he can't play defense. Oh. Kyler Murray dropped back 48 times. Yeah. Do you know how many times he was touched? Probably like two. Not once. Yeah. Not sacked once. Not hit one time. The Seahawks averaging well, – that's why they just traded for Carlos Dunlap. Well, he's not going to be able to play this week. Yeah, he is. No, COVID protocol. So he, he got traded today, right? Yeah. Wednesday. Five days, dude. Sunday's the fifth day. It ain't happening. Okay. If he Listen, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I told you, when you get in these matchups, you pick the quarterback. Right? Okay. Who you want? Russell Wilson or Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm Jimmy G threw two picks to the Patriots. I'm rolling with Jimmy G okay. in this game. All right, I'll take, okay. I'll take Seattle. I, I like Russell. He's the MVP front nah, run right now. Don't tell me you, you like him hey, if you don't go, take going him this Going into the Arizona game, who are you going to roll with? Kyler Murray or oh, Russell Wilson? I'm going to take Russell of course. every day of the week. Twice on Sunday. And guess what? Kyler Murray outdid him. No, nah, I don't think he outdid him. Russell won the game when he threw the little pass to DK and he ran Holding. down the sideline. Russell won that game. So I'll take Seattle. All right, this is good. So we have another we have another difference here. Hey, You're going to take notebook. Seattle, mm-hmm. writing it down right now. I'm going to take 49ers. I have a bonus game just because I feel like we owe it to the Helipod listening audience to talk about um, Dallas and Philadelphia. It's a pick six, but this is the this is a seven. This is game. a little extra, little yeah. little yeah. What do they call it? The uh, when you get like a shot and they put the little or Grand Marier, Grand Marier, and and, they, and and like a floater. Yeah, floater. This is a floater. This floater is a floater. Game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Dallas is an absolute disaster. Philly's getting back um, Jalen Rager. Uh, they're that getting means, back. That means nothing. Dallas Goddard. I don't know if they're going to be ready for this game. Got, but they're getting I thought Goddard's soon. supposed to be back in like week 10. They're, they're, coming, they're coming back soon. Yeah. They're coming back soon. Listen, all right, we had this talk already. Okay. Stick a fork in Dallas. Like, it's, it's, it's early, 
But if we had the fork segment, I'd be like, I'd have a big fork and I'd be like, stick a fork in you. It's over. It's done. There's nothing they can do. That's why they're trading everyone away and they're playing young guys. Carson Wentz and them are finding ways to win. Even though they, it, it it looks horrible against the Giants, the, like it was like two teams finding a way to lose, and then Carson Wentz found a way to win that game with a great throw to Boston Scott. Like I just I believe in Philly in the NFC East, not against anyone else, but against the East, I believe in Philly. I'm riding with you there. Uh, I think I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles are going to put up some points. I think they're going to win by. I think they went by more than two touchdowns. Like that, like. And this is this is sad to say this, but I have to. Um, Dallas is like the team that like you're just like your get right game. It's just like <laughs> I've been struggling, yo. Like I need to get this game back. Like, hey, let me go ahead and go go against the Cowboys. I'll I'll rush for 150, right? I'll throw for 300. We'll be good. We'll get back. And Dallas' schedule is only going to get harder. <laughs> it's crazy. I feel bad. And this is from a kid who grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. I feel bad for Jerry Jones. Why? Because Jerry is so passionate. He's done so much for the league. He tries so hard. He wants so much. He hires Mike McCarthy, who's been a disaster. His defensive coordinator, who I like, Mike Nolan, is the butt of a lot of jokes this week because he gets Tabasco sauce in his eye. Um Every, I love Jer- Mike Nolan. Jerry blows up on a radio show and yells at the host and then like a man owns up to it and comes back and apologizes. There's just been so much surrounding so, the Cowboys right now. Right. I feel bad for Jerry. Okay. It's better for football. But it's you better don't feel for the bad NFL. for Ryan Fitzpatrick who's making a tenth of what Jerry's not no, even no, a tenth, no. like I a, do feel, a thousandth of I, what Jerry makes. I like Jerry Fitz makes. too. I just it's like when people air grievances on on Facebook and like just get real personal and air their personal laundry on Facebook like that or so. Twitter or Instagram. I'm just not about that. Like okay, I, so, I internalize so, so that this stuff. Is, this I don't is my need to thing. share it with the world. This is my thing. This is why I don't feel bad for Jerry. You had an opportunity to interview multiple candidates. Chris Richard, who was in your building, who had the same defense, same players. In the top ten defense last year, well, there are a few players that aren't there that are a pretty important part of that defense. Leighton Van Der Esch being one, he's still out there playing. He's hurt, man. He came back. He came he back? back. Yeah, he came back. Nah, he's not one hundred percent. Byron Jones would be one. I think that your corner, but you, 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 which is a very important piece, by the but way. But you went and got Stephon or Trayvon Diggs, Stephon's little brother, who's playing great. I like him a lot. Yeah, but he's, he gets burnt for a touchdown. Right, he's a rookie. He's be the, the problem is because they keep running a million different coverages. He's not comfortable. But this is what I will say. You you have to remember that you interviewed all these guys. That's why I don't feel sorry for you. You felt like Mike McCarthy and his staff and who. Because not only that, when you go on an interview, one of the questions that they ask is, hey, who is – you have to check me out. Who's going to be on your staff, right? Let's remember, remember Sean McVay got hired because of who? That was going to be on his staff when he came to LA. Um, you remember that story? Well, it was it was uh, well Wade. It was Wade, Wade Phillips. He yeah. said Wade Phillips was going to be my D coordinator. Yeah. And they were like, really? Then they called. They paused the interview. Called Wade. Wade was like, yeah, I'll come. I'm going with Sean. Right. Boom. He got the job. So you have. So you know, as Jerry, you you said my he said Mike Nolan, right? He told you all these guys that are going to be here. I'm going to keep Kellen Moore. That was part of the deal. I don't feel bad. That's what you want. This is what you wanted. This is what you get. Um, I don't feel bad because it was like tough negotiations with Dak Prescott. For what? Now you know. Right? You don't you don't what they say. They you don't miss them until they're gone, right? Hey. 
right? You don't miss them until they're gone, right? Yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder, man. And, yeah, well, and, I, bet it, you, it, I bet you the heart is real fond right now of Dak Prescott. It's full of fondness, and it's going to cost them so much it's, more money. I don't know. I just, I just, I, I, I like Jerry. I think Jerry's I like good Jerry for the game. Too. I feel bad for him. I, 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 I I'm going to tell you why I love Jerry. Jerry has been um, one of the more progressive owners in the league. Jerry's been the most important owner in the history of the NFL. He he's he grew he, the game. Growth, he was part, he was part of the the NFL network. He was part of the fantasy football being a part of it. Like he is he's, he's going to be a big part of the gambling and by the way, he's the reason the Rams are in Los Angeles yeah. and that stadium happens. And it's the all reason Jerry Jones. that the Raiders are in Vegas as well. Yeah. Like he is a visionary. And and that is awesome for the league that we're in and and they, you know that continues to help so many people, right? Players mess up too. You know what I'm saying? Jerry, he a player. He messed up. And so, you know, you got to live with this. It's the bed you made. You got to live with it. I don't think he fires Mike McCarthy, though. And then with that being said, I think Dallas is going to lose out this year. They're going to get a top draft pick. I don't know where they're going to go with it because you have all these other weapons. You better go O-line. Better go get the guy from Oregon, the left tackle from Oregon, because your left tackle is hurt every year. Your right tackle's out with a hip injury. You're, you need may go get a set. Like they got to rebuild this offensive line and fix it up. Well, this could be not that they've won any championships by any stretch of the imagination, but this could be like your San Antonio Spurs analogy. This could be a super shitty season, and it's just a crummy one all the way around in the division. And they can come back next year and actually be a, be a threat. You know what's crazy? I'm gonna say this, and, and this is gonna blow your mind. There's two things. One. Four teams in the NFC West have a chance to make it to the playoffs, which is bananas. Yeah, it's nuts. Two, you could be up for the winning the division and still having, and if you don't win the division, having a top 10 pick if you're in the NFC East. That's how bad it is. Think about that. You could be, you could win this division at six and whatever, six and 10 probably. Right. And either be a home playoff game or be a top 10 pick. Dude, that's crazy. Six, yeah. I mean, look as, look as, as it, it looks right now, you know, with it, it, Eagles at two, four, and one. And here's the crazy thing about the the Eagles Cowboys game at, at two and five. If the Cowboys beat the Eagles, they move into first place in the division. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, right? At the halfway point of the season, first place at in three, three and five. Yeah, that is gross. Dude, this was one. I, this was good conversation today. It was a great. It was a great I think we part. we went in a lot of different directions. We got a lot of good information and some good MJD story time. It was awesome. Yeah. And, and you know you're going to be down another couple picks. No, I don't think so. Uh, and, and like and like uh, we have to go track them all down before I wrote them down. So I have them in the notebook. There we go. They're here. Uh, and we're going out to dinner tonight. We're going to grab going, some food. Then we're going out to dinner tonight. I get off. I get off work at four o'clock. So I will hit you up. And you can bring. Uh, you can bring your uh, your rose all day. Okay, I got you. And I'll, I'll be wearing some Viore. VioreClothing.com. Make sure you guys put it in, put Helipod in there for 20%. I'm still trying to figure out where the MJD part comes in. Give you 25, <laughs> but we'll never know. See you next week, buddy. All right.